Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. And I don't know why I've got so much energy, because it's a Spanish Grand Prix edition. But here we are. Welcome, post-Catalonia. And just like I said in Internet's Best Reactions, I also thought this podcast was going to be quite a, a difficult one to do, just purely because not a lot usually happens. But instead, we've had a lot happen, a lot to talk about. But before we get into it, this podcast is once again sponsored by Elgato, our season-long partners, and making us look almost like and sound like professionals with all this great equipment. So thank you to Elgato uh, for making us seem like some sort of decent podcast. Great stuff. Uh, so welcome, Casey. Welcome, Tommy. Uh, you're both looking absolutely... We're going for the block colours today. I'm really enjoying that. For audio listeners, we're all wearing block colours, just vibing. Um, but Spanish Grand Prix, hey? How about you have a calm down, Tommy? You... It, was a good, you. it was a good race, though, wasn't it? It was. It was it, exciting was. for Spain. Actually, um, yeah, a lot to talk about. Quite a lot of action. Who would have thought I mean, Spain? Standards were pretty on the floor, but it did do a good job. So well done, Spain. Well done, Spain. Uh, that was not one of the three-word race reviews. Uh, we do have some from <laughs> fans, though. Uh, William 5 IVE, so like five, clever, like that. Stop live drone. Reader mm. underscore Lphase dot five. Surprisingly very entertaining. And wow, I can hear that chainsaw. That's a funny three-word race <laughs> review. I know. I'm going to have to mute myself. My neighbour has decided that it's the perfect time to start using Take your head out the window and go, Oi! Shut up! Do you not know I'm recording I'm the, the author. W- no. <laughs> F1. <laughs> I'll meet myself between chats. Okay. Do we carry on or do we re- re- redo? I, d- I don't know. It's going to keep chopping and chainsawing. Chop- so. Oh, chopping and chain. Good one. That, was that wasn't and- even intentional. All right. Well, we'll just carry on. This podcast is <laughs> off the rails. Uh, D <laughs> underscore ZC dot 20. Unfair, but okay. Of course. Uh, referencing to Perez. Um, but yeah, well, I love how one of them is about drones. There was actually a lot of talk about drones, which I'm sure we will uh, discuss. Uh, surprisingly very entertaining. As we said, our our expectations were very much down the toilet and we got lifted out and it was quite exciting. Uh, I don't really know where I'm going with that. Katie, three word What a vision, review, lovely. <laughs> my, my three word race review is team orders already. And that is, of course, about my boy, Checo. He was leading the race and he got totally mugged off by the strategy. But I do understand why Red Bull did it, because with Leclerc out, it's best for Max to get all the points that he can. But yeah, they gave him two sets of team orders once after his T4 turn four spin. And then again, when Checo was leading. But yeah, disappointed, but not surprised, I guess. Maybe that should have been my three word race review. Oh, can we been. go back? <laughs> we we can just pretend. Everybody Thanks, can pretend everyone. there was some editing there. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I I shared the same sentiments. Uh, it was a shame because I think Perez, you know, from last year, he struggled a bit to get up to speed, but he's done what Red Bull needed him to do this year. He's picked up the pace. He's definitely been in the mix to pick up on, you know, certain problems that, that other teams have had. Uh, same can't really be said for Carlos Sainz this weekend, where you would expect him to have done that for Ferrari. Um, and it was sad, you know, it's, it was kind of more just, uh, oh, that's a shame that he wasn't even allowed to defend at all. And I know Max was on quicker, fresher tires and he was flying, but we also know the problems that Max has had with that car and, and in general, rebel reliability. So 
yeah, it was a shame to see it so early in the season. You know, Perez is only, even now, one race victory behind Max Verstappen. And it'll be very difficult for him to mount a championship challenge. But if Verstappen's car breaks six more times this season, you never know. So, yeah, it, it was sad to see. But again, I do understand why they did it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say anything you guys haven't already said in terms of just, it's unpopular, but understandable with, with everything that's gone on in the season. And Verstappen being the one that, you'd, I think, 99% of people would think would be the one taking the title for Red Bull. So they've got to make the most of everything, especially the fact that they've had unreliability themselves. And, you know, Max is trying to catch up from essentially two DNFs uh, himself. So there's, there was no point risking it. Maybe, maybe Perez could have stayed ahead, uh, with just the fact that Max DRS was having such problems, but it really wasn't worth it from a team perspective for Max to basically make, make Max do some kind of dive bomb uh, on his teammate makes no sense at all, or even just get stuck behind him. We saw overheating issues and things like that. So it didn't make any more uh, like any sense to do that. Uh, it's just always unpopular, isn't it, when... If that had been for P5 or P6, you'd have been like, yeah, fair enough. He's a quicker car, let him through. Uh, but when it's for essentially a, a P1, uh, it always is a bit more in the spotlight and unpopular with fans, which is understandable. You know, and there's also that feeling as well that Perez has signed this contract and he, he understands, you know, he's going to give up the position all the time. But his team radio would maybe suggest that, you know what, that was a bit unfair. It's not like he said, no problem, guys. You know, I understand, whatever. He, in that position, still had some emotion against it. And I guess the one thing that the Rebel have to deal in a way, you know, however they do it with Perez, is managing his morale. And I know that he's happy to be driving for a team that's getting podiums and whatever and being right at the front. But if you're constantly swept aside, you have to think about what pe- that will do to Perez uh, in the long run. So, uh, yeah, it's Alex- interesting. Alex said it on the Imola podcast that I was on that I was watching and he, uh, with you guys, and uh, he said, you know, Checo's really happy to be a number two driver and stuff. But I think this is the first time where we've seen it where he is actually ahead of Max. And, um, you know, because we've not really seen it that much. It's kind of the first time, which shows how well, I mean, fair play to him it shows how well he has been doing this season that he is actually in a position where he needs to get out of the way for Verstappen which we haven't seen before and there was always this narrative of like oh well Perez is happy to be a number two but that kind of showed that maybe he wasn't a little is bit anyone, because is anyone no, down? and when he's actually in front it's like it's easy when he's um you know Max has already won the uh, is already kind of going for the title and he can do his bit in you know Abu Dhabi blocking Hamilton help the team but when it's you trying to win and he probably feels he's still in the, the title because he is not that far behind, really, um, which is quite surprising. But I guess, you know, Max has had the failures. So it's very true. Yeah. It's very true. So, yeah, uh, interesting one. See how that develops. Of course, with Max making that mistake, it allowed Perez to, to be in that position. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can understand his sentiments. Uh, question. Team WTF1, Henny, what are your opinions on our Rebels team orders? Max's pace was so much better, so he could pass relatively easy anyway. I think we've pretty much covered that one uh, with our answers already. Uh, Tyler Gambrill, 
says, does team orders in the sixth race when reliability issues are still ever present, the best idea? Obviously, Max is driver one, but when reliability issues are going to make or break the season, why start the orders so soon? I think it goes back to the fact we all expect, as you say, Tommy, for Verstappen to be the one to challenge for the title. Perez has not shown that he is a match for Max Verstappen over these first six races. And it, you, you can't, I guess you can't plan towards Max's car breaking down. You just have to put your front foot forwards and that is Max. And if they have reliability issues, they'll have to deal with it at the time. But if they're just going to allow them to take points off each other, then I suppose you then kind of scupper both of them because you're not maximizing one driver. So that probably sums it up. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, it makes you wonder what it's going to take for Sergio to actually win a race if he can't even be allowed to win this one. Is it going to take another Max DNF or is it going to take Max to have a some sort of issue and be trailing at the back of the pack so there's no chance for team orders? Because, yeah, I do see why they did it. Like, I'm upset, but I get it. It's fine. You know, Formula One, as much as it's an individual thing, there's a driver's champion at the end of the day. It's also a team sport. So sacrifices are going to have to be made. And we've said before, Checo is doing a brilliant job being that sort of little guiding support. That's definitely not a phrase. The support is a mix between support system and guiding light. Guiding support. (laughs) God. Um, So, yeah, he's basically, I didn't want to say he's happy being a wingman or a number two, but that's basically what I was trying to get at, but in a nice way. Um, So, yeah, I think basically just let Max get as many points as he needs because although Checo isn't too far behind, he's on 85 points compared to Verstappen's 110 and then Leclerc is in the middle there with 104. Um, Yeah, from an early, like early on the season, you could see this was going to be a Max versus Charles championship. Um, So... It's just, just hurts still. The the thing with the reliability from this this question, I'd argue that it makes it even more of a thing that they should do these team orders because reliability could decide the title. You know, if you would get to the final race of the season and Max doesn't win, uh, say he's not got a race win on Leclerc and he retires from the race, Leclerc wins the race and wins the title, and Stop. they could have... Just say that again, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, the, the, the number of points uh, could have been um, enough that instead they went, no, we don't want this unpopular thing from the fans, and we're going to let them either race each other, burn the tyres out, maybe even crash, or, or not, you know, not maximise the points. Um, they would look really stupid, and... You know, last year, Verstappen almost lost that world title despite unbelievable consistency. Uh, And it was a few DNFs that almost cost him. And he only won the title by the slimmest of margins uh, and in the most insane circumstances. So you have to maximize doing it, however unpopular it is. Um, But yeah, the one thing I would say about Perez is I'd be more miffed uh, by the fact that he essentially didn't get the best strategy and didn't get the return um, when he came up behind Russell. Uh, he didn't get that kind of swap back. I, I would be more miffed by that than I would being told to let Max through when he's two seconds a lot quicker. 
because that to me was a bit of a no-brainer, but I could understand why Checo would be annoyed. The fact that, you know, he moved out of the way. And then I think you wrote an article, Katie, that he he was told they would switch back, right? After the first one, yeah, after Max went off at turn four and then, um, yeah, they said to Checo, let Max through and then you can go back. And then it never happened. But yeah, he did say like the three stop was clearly the better strategy, but then like they could have maybe changed things and put him on that strategy because he said if he had that, then he would have won it, which I do agree with because he looked pretty faultless this weekend. Apart from qualifying. Apart from qualifying. (laughs) (laughs) Kate has got, have you got a Sergio Kate there as well? I feel like you've uh, You've always got the Sergio Kate. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Okay, Tommy, hit me with your three word. Mine is Ferrari need Carlos. And not in a positive way that they need Carlos. They need Carlos to step up his game. Oh, come on, let's bring the tea, sister. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. We gave Bottas and Perez deserved beef last year for essentially not being in the mix when people weren't picking up the points. How has Carlos Sainz finished fourth? Could have been fifth behind Hamilton, who was, what, 50 seconds off the lead uh, at the start in a car that Charles was going to win the race in, Verstappen spun off, Perez had the poor qualifying, the Mercedes aren't quite quick enough yet. He's never going to get a better chance to win a race. And he didn't. And he finished fourth. It's just his season, he's having a stinker. Uh, and going back to the the um, Perez argument a little bit, you can almost tie it in there as well because you know, if Sainz had been in the mix... Red Bull couldn't switch the cars. You know, if Perez is, uh, uh, this this is things that are crucial to the championship and and Leclerc needs Sainz to be in there because if Red Bull can just switch the cars and get an easy win for Max every time Leclerc's out the race, they're just picking up a bonus, bonus points all the time. Uh, and, you know, if Carlos had been in the mix, he could have potentially, you know, either won the race and taken points off Max or been behind Perez and then they wouldn't have been able to switch them. So, uh it's just really poor form. And I don't know how many more races we can um, sort of not go in on him like we did with Perez and Bottas last year because he is actually being had an appalling season, I'd say. Oh, go off, go off. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it'd be unfair to Bottas and Perez if we weren't critical of what science has done so far this year. The fact that he finished 45 seconds off Verstappen when you take into account Leclerc was leading comfortably Verstappen went off like if you're you know imagining two three stop strategy it could have changed Verstappen could have got back at at Leclerc the Ferrari may have dropped off whatever but to finish that far back at your home race and all that good stuff it's not like it's a track he doesn't know or or anything like that it's uh yes it's not unforgivable because there's a lot of races but We've said this time and time again that Ferrari have to utilize and take advantage of these races. We've already seen Mercedes take a huge step forward this weekend. They are entering the fray, and Ferrari, whether it be through reliability, mistakes from both Sainz and Leclerc, they've thrown away a huge amount of points uh, collectively. 
and uh, you know I, i'm you know not a fanboy just passionate and all that stuff but i i genuinely can't see ferrari winning either title at this rate because of you know now reliability issues are coming into it. like where, where's that come from that was the one thing that they kind of had over Red Bull when all of a sudden Leclerc's car is braking in the lead when he's not even probably pushing that hard after Verstappen going off. So on Carlos's side, he's had a car that's been working but made that mistake. And I'm not going to go too in on him because we saw Verstappen make exactly the same mistake. So it's not like it was a completely separate incident and that was the only what the person that did it. But still, it is a mistake. Just like with Verstappen, it is a mistake. Um, so, yeah, that... Ferrari really need Carlos. I completely agree with you, Tommy. He should have won that race. He should have been yeah. at the front of the field. And he will, I'm sure he is, he is his own biggest critic. He, he will be hurting today. Literally. He like got P2 in the first race of the season and he was like, no, this isn't good enough. So if only he knew what was to come. Eh? Um, but no, it's hugely disappointing because we know that he's got so much potential there. 2021, you know, his first year in the team, normally it takes a bit of time for drivers to get used to the setup of the car all this kind of stuff and he ended up beating Leclerc last year although you know certain things might have swung in his favor the stats that will be in the record books is that Carlos beat Charles in his first year at Ferrari so yeah it was a, a strange set of situations that meant that he wasn't maybe performing at his best obviously he had a bad start anti-stall kicked in which has happened several times this season we saw it in Australia where setups weren't quite right with the steering wheel whatever it might be so that's something that needs to be checked and ironed out then got caught out by the wind at turn four which we said which ruined his race you know yes I can understand that part of that is down to mother nature deciding to put a gust of wind in the air and catch him out along with Max but at the same time there were 18 other drivers on that track at the same time and it only occurred like with two of them. So maybe that's something to think about. And then, you know, he blamed that balance issues was a problem with the car. Also, he sustained a lot of damage to the floor of the car after contact with that gravel. So he was hauling around a damaged wagon for most of the race. And we also knew that tire degradation is something that was going to be bad for both Ferraris this race. You know, both Carlos and Charles have been speaking about it throughout the whole weekend. This is why, and I got so much abuse for it on social media, but I didn't put Ferraris at the top for the, my predictions yesterday because we knew that the tire deg was going to be tricky. We've seen it throughout all of last year. I mean, I'm concerned going forward that, if they do have more issues with tire degradation than the likes of Red Bull, you know, Monaco, Baku could be fine. But then we suddenly go to places like Canada and France. I mean, last year in France, my goodness, that was Ferrari's race from hell last year, both out of the points because they couldn't get a handle on the tire deg. And if we get more hot races and things like this, then that could be a real weak point for them later on in the season. But yeah, it is disappointing because, as you say, that should have been the perfect weekend for Carlos in front of his home crowd, his first race win, moments where he looked promising for a pole even. And then just to watch it all be sort of taken away from him, um, he's going to be really kicking himself. But hopefully he can find a way to sort of get himself out of this negative space that I feel like he's kind of wallowing in at the moment. And bring something in Monaco, because I think us fans all want to see him do well as well. He's a very loved driver within uh, the the garage, uh, the paddocks even, and with all the fans and stuff. We all want to see him do well. So, Carlos, babes, deliver something, please. <laughs> Go savage, <laughs> end with babes. Just to, just to soften yeah. the blow. You, you mentioned yeah. about the, the damage. A lot of people in the Tindo Tiff 1 chat were like, oh, he had a damaged car, but... 
that was his he mistake was going off. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if Verstappen did the same and could have easily happened to him. But um, yeah, science. And also, we chatted about this uh, earlier before we were live, Matt, kind of almost like the commentators being like, oh, science will be really happy with P4. It's like, in his home race, it's like, Willie, he's in a car that could win the race. It's a bit patronizing to sort of even think that, you know, just, just because it's his best ever result in Spain, you know, he had a car that very, 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 very likely would have won the race in the hands of Charlotte Leclerc and had the failure. So yeah, not good. Not good at all. Um, yeah, it should be taken into account, I suppose, that 45 seconds back from Verstappen because of the damage, but it's self-inflicted. So like Verstappen went into the same gravel trap and still managed to win the race. So that's, you know, that's just it really, isn't it? Um, thank you, Team WTF1, for watching live, by the way. If you want to watch live this podcast, then uh, join Team WTF1. Just want to shout out the people watching at the moment. Do you like the sound of free beer? Of course you do. Who doesn't? Simply cover just £5.95 for postage and Beer52 will send not eight, not nine, but ten free beers to your house. Go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 to claim your pack of ten free beers now. Every month, Beer52 sends their members a fresh case of craft beer. This month, their double Dutch case will take you on a beer trip around the Netherlands' finest independent craft breweries. Since 2014, Beer52 and their members have supported over 500 breweries and drank beer from more than 40 different countries. Try a double IPA from two chefs at a cool 7.5% and D. Molens up and top a beautifully easygoing pale ale. On the dark side this month, there's Daily Grind, a sessionable stout by Morisutel. Not a fan of dark beers? Simply choose the light box. Also included in every case is the ever-insightful Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. Even if, after all that, you're still unsatisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 to claim your free case now. That's beer52.com forward slash WTF1. Remember, you have to be over 18. Right, my three-word race review. No, hold on, question. Miles Murphy, 57. How concerned should Ferrari be with Carlos's form? Reasonably, because I think, you know, this is literally just an opinion, as is most things, uh, that with Carlos's temperament of being very hard on himself, it can on one side be very good and you can be very competitive and you can constantly strive to be better. But I think you also, you can pile on a huge amount of pressure and the fact that he's making mistake after mistake or not having good luck and just all of that combining can just snowball into another mistake, another mistake, pushing too hard, trying to make up for lost ground. Uh, so I think Ferrari have to try and almost manage him a little bit. And I don't know how much they do of that sort of thing, uh, but if, if this continues through most of the season, you have to question and it comes up, it, it goes back to, it's all well and good having a great result in a midfield car. It's all, it's all well and good doing a Pierre Gasly before he went to Red Bull, you know, smashing it week in, week out, but then going to a team where they expect wins, especially this year with Ferrari, and you can't deliver that. That's what they will then be assessing. Because, you know, Ferrari are probably up there with Red Bull in terms of, you know, they're not going to just sit there and allow for a poor season or a poor half a season or whatever. They, they know this is their opportunity. 
so I think they will be a little bit concerned with, with what's gone on so far. I think so. His driving is a little bit scrappy at the moment and you can see it's quite desperate in the way that he's driving. But I think the first thing that he needs to, to do, because something that's been sort of haunting him is beat Charles and Quali. Because at the moment it's 6-0, which is not a stat that you want to be carrying around and have everybody mention at every given opportunity. So hopefully he can pull something out the bag in Monaco. He, he looked pretty fast there last year before obviously the session got red flagged at the end. So um, that could be something there that maybe he can pull it out the bag. Um, but yeah, he certainly needs to have a bit of a boost because there's, like I say, a lot of negative headlines around Carlos at the moment. But one thing about Formula One that I do love is that we've seen it time and time again, even last year, perfect examples of drivers that have fallen into a rut. Look at Esteban Ocon after he signed his contract, he had a string of crappy results and then he won in Hungary or whether that's Valtteri Bottas and people saying, you know, is he going to get dropped mid-season, blah, blah, blah. And then he has like a great redemption drive in somewhere like Turkey. I feel like it was, he had a great redemption drive. Same with Checo. So I'm just hoping that Carlos follows that trend and has a few rubbish races and then can just like deliver something and we'll be like, yes, Carlos, you're great. Woo. And then he'll be happy again. And then the better results will come from that. So we need In Carlos a dream world. to go bowling. Need Carlos to pay Bottas to go bowling again, get the victory out the way. Then you're out, <laughs> then you're fine from there on in pretty much. I think that's solid life advice. <laughs> he's, I think he's going to, yeah, I think he will turn it around. And I don't think in terms of like how concerned should Ferrari be, you know, they're not going to be thinking about, they've just signed a contract with him. He's not that bad in terms of like absolutely terrible. And he's, he's shown that he is a great driver. Um, like I say, he's just piling the pressure on himself, but the way it's going, Ferrari aren't going to have a chance at the constructors if it carries on for the rest of the season, particularly with how well Prez is doing this, this season. Um, that could be such a pivotal thing of, you know, Perez being so good and science having such a, a shocker really at the moment and not, not delivering uh, what he needs to. So um, yeah, in terms of expectation, he's science is probably the most disappointing driver of the season so far in terms of if you went into that season. Oh, you know, a lot of people who are probably very quiet now saying, Oh, he's better than Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc is well overrated. And now, um, you know, he's not, he's not delivering. So, but you know, he has the potential, um, which is better to have that. And just, you know, once he's gained some confidence, so maybe it's just a case of him not input, putting so much pressure on himself and maybe like one, one like result could just change everything. He just needs to take a deep breath and just relax, Carlos, <laughs> just relax. Uh, because he, again, like that, the start of the race didn't exactly put him into a particularly good spot either, did it? Because uh, he lost some positions and then he's thinking, Oh my God, you know, he almost got passed by Hamilton on the mediums and you know, Hamilton was supposed to get a terrible start on the medium supposedly, but uh, we'll get on to them. In fact, what a segue, my three word race review, Mercedes are back. Now <laughs> it's funny. Cause I've done a few tweets over the last few race weeks where I've been like, Mercedes are back uh, after practice. And then Mercedes are back now. And I think we can I think we can actually say Mercedes are kind of back. If it was a forward race review, I'd probably put kind of back in there. But they were ominous. They were quick. I mean, Spain, Catalonia, the track is so car and setup dependent. It very much shows the cars that are working and the ones that have really got 
you know an understanding of of how how their machinery works and Mercedes brought a few different upgrades. Of course, a lot of teams did. Some worked, some didn't. Haas just brought nothing. Uh, but Mercedes you know, brought some upgrades. They were hopeful for Spain. And when you actually look at the race, and people mocked me uh, for, for saying this at the end of the race or near the end of the race about Hamilton and, and his, his, his speed. But when you actually look at it, Hamilton could have won that race. And I don't care what anyone says. I genuinely believe he would have been in the fight for... The victory. I don't think I don't know if he could have actually won. And when I said easily in my tweet, I didn't mean easily as in he'd win by a minute. I meant easily as in he could easily have won that race. But some people didn't understand that phrasing. Um, but yeah, I, I, when you actually looked at the gaps, I think he was thirty-eight seconds or something behind the back of of Albon, and he was like over fifty. I think it was like fifty-three or something behind Verstappen. Ended up finishing. Uh, I've got I've got it here. I think it's forty five. Yeah, no, sorry, fifty four. He finished behind Verstappen, but of course had that that big lift off, and he was ahead of Carlos before that, and Carlos finished forty five behind Verstappen. But so when you look at the stats and you look at the distances, I know some are battling and whatever, but Hamilton also had to come through the the field. My overall arching statement here, here is that the Mercedes is quick, and it may well have been disguised by the fact Hamilton was coming through the field. But uh, yeah, I I'm I'm still I'm still keeping them very much in the background of this championship fight. Tommy? Sorry, I thought that was you, Kate. I was reading the wrong... Uh, <laughs> I was reading the wrong MKT You were stunned thing. into silence. Stu- <laughs> the man was too stunned to speak. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're still not quite there, but they are a lot closer. I think they will... It, that is the race where I've got, kind of gone... Yeah, I think this season at some point they will be there um, because, I mean, Hamilton's pace, like you say, was sensational. I mean, he he was in clear air, but I've seen some some graphs and stuff where it's like he was a second quicker than Russell and so far down uh, managed to come back. And they could play a huge part in this world title. And even if it's not, the fact that they are going to win the world title or or anything like that, them taking points away from be it Ferrari or Red Bull could be massive. And, you know, whether it's uh, whichever way it goes with Max and Leclerc, whoever's ahead um, and say, you know, say it's Max ahead and Leclerc needs the points, um, Mercedes getting in that mix could take away points from either driver and be hugely crucial. And also just the fact that however much some people are enjoying the fact that Mercedes aren't, aren't there, because uh, there will be people out there that, that, you know, dominance can get boring. And some people do like the fact that, you know, we've got different teams at the front. Not really, though, is it? Not, not that different, but still different teams at the front of Mercedes who have essentially just wiped the floor with everyone for ages. Uh, aren't in the mix but going into a race weekend with knowing that six drivers you know three teams could win would be awesome and yeah why not be cool i think you're you're bang on there it's great to see a third team at the front or at least almost at the front but yeah i wouldn't say necessarily depends how you define our back whether that is just back being more competitive chances for them to do well at the front or whether you mean are back to their 
performances that we've seen, you know, how they won their eight constructors championships in a row. I wouldn't say they're there at that level yet, because even yesterday, yes, there was pace there. Yes, the porpoising has gone in the straights, which is a huge deal. They both had potential issues at the end of the race that could have caused DNS. We might have had both Mercedes out within like the last two laps. So there is still reliability concerns and it's not perfect but it's still better than what we've seen previously so that's great and it was fantastic performance from Russell yesterday also amazing from Hamilton but they both did have very different races also huge shame to see Hamilton and Magnussen have that early contact because Lewis was going to have a completely different strategy like you say he started on the mediums I was buzzing to see how that worked out I don't know who I am but I've actually started caring about like how strategy plays out you know five years ago I didn't give a toss about that but now strategy is such a huge part of the weekend that I was so excited to see how that would play out and we never got to see it which is hugely disappointing but that is the way racing works um, but no, it is nice to see another car up there potentially helping shake things up for the championship. Who would have thought would be excited for Mercedes to be fast? I, know. I mean, what has <laughs> what has happened to us? <laughs> look uh, at us. Look at us. Question from Iso- Isolation Gamer One. If Mercedes is back in the championship fight, would George be the team's number one for this season? There is no way in hell. Lewis Hamilton is accepting George Russell to enter this team. I don't, he's what, 30 odd points ahead, is George ahead of uh, Hamilton at the moment? There's no way, not a chance. If Hamilton is ahead of uh, Russell and is anywhere near the front, top three positions, he's not letting him through. There's no way. We saw it in Miami. They fought then, even though George had brand new tyres and Lewis didn't, because of course the, it played into George's hands quite a bit with the VSC. There's no way. I'm sorry. There's, it doesn't matter if George is 500 points ahead. Hamilton will not let him through, I don't think. Uh, and that's just purely because Hamilton wants to get the best out of... Well, I thought, okay, 500 points, he'd probably let him through because yeah, there yeah, is an understanding like, there. Quite but extreme. I think as long as Hamilton is somewhere near and mathematically in with a chance, he's not going to give up until, let's say, five races from the end, Hamilton's out of the championship contention, George potentially is, that's when I think he would play the team game because it doesn't really benefit him then. But until then, no chance. Yeah, I think Mercedes would be sensible at the moment to just let this bubble away, see how things work out. Obviously, we've talked about it on the podcast before. Russell, don't get me wrong, he's done a stunning job so far, but you can't deny he's been incredibly lucky with certain things, whether that's Australia or Imola. So, um, yeah, just let it let it bubble away, see what happens. He's currently 30, this is Russell, um, 36 points behind Max. So Russell has 74 points compared to Lewis, who was on 64 points, which is 46 points behind wait what what have <laughs> i written is here 60 odd points is he hamilton's on 40 no, oh, no 64 points behind max hamilton's on 46 points yeah so he's on 46 points which is 64 points behind max i've written these notes and i haven't written them very clearly for myself because <laughs> i just he's said something behind george there you go i said a sentence that was definitely not english um but yeah i think at the moment it would be daft after six races to be like yeah we're just going to put all our eggs in russell's basket there you go. Sorry, Lewis. Especially That's when Hamilton has actually year. been faster in a lot of the races. Yeah, he's been just pretty hasn't quick. Had the luck, so. Yeah. Yeah, there is this narrative that Ham- Hamilton is washed and George Russell's absolutely trounced him. And Russell has been ex- extremely impressive. And you know, even if he was a little bit near Hamilton, um, it's incredibly impressive because of how well uh, and how highly regarded Hamilton is. But um, yeah, George has done amazing. 
but Hamilton has done a lot better than I think his his championship and his points are, are proven. He has been unlucky with a couple of safety cars, which would have put him ahead of George in those two races. And then, yeah, we were robbed of seeing what he could have done on the medium tyre with that incident with Magnussen. Um, but it is an interesting, it's going to be very interesting if George does keep being Mr. Consistent and he's just sort of like, you know, Leclerc keeps retiring, Max keeps retiring. and. No, I don't know. Both of them. them. Both okay. of them. And George just keeps, you know, P3, P4, P5, and he's just there sort of 25, 30 points behind the whole season. And, you know, say Hamilton's not in it, that could be fascinating where the, where if by like race 12, are they like, there is a really, really small chance. Do we just try and get maximum points for Russell and I would not want to be the Mercedes person that suggests that to Hamilton no. but it is very interesting it's a, it's a basically a complete hypothetical scenario but imagine because it would be sporting. I had to drive to survive <laughs> there for that conversation just to yeah yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, I'm sure fun. they'll stage it behind some bins somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even just that, you know. Of course, George has been exceptional, and we say we, we always. A lot of people tie it back to luck, but he's also done incredibly well in qualifying. I think it's three all, isn't it, this season between George and, and Lewis? So that's no easy feat to to beat Lewis in, in qualifying. You know, we saw Valtteri do that, but that was very much his his uh, sort of forte, and then he'd fall back in the race. Whereas George, still maybe a little bit slower than Lewis in the races, but although I'd like to see exactly why George was so much slower than Lewis when you actually look at the the differences in lap times and how much Lewis caught up I don't know exactly what happened there maybe Lewis was just on another one uh, and he was just risking it but uh, yeah that you have to you have to applaud George for what he's done so far in a new team in a completely different Hamilton's kind of team. ball game yeah it's Hamilton's team yeah exactly uh, next question team WTF1 Bissuspiels should Lewis be encouraged or discouraged now with the pace of the car? <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go with encouraged because, uh, I mean, you looked at him after Friday practice, he was buzzing. He was smiling and you're thinking, hold on, what's going on here? What have they, have they got another DAS or what, what's going on here? Have they, have they found something? Uh, See, so yeah, even though Lewis finished fifth after the, after the race, he was really happy he was saying i mean toto wolf was saying yeah we've we can win the championship and and all this stuff and they're saying quite big things uh for for a team that finished third and fifth uh so <laughs> uh yeah i think they are encouraged and it's all it's a morale booster isn't it after lewis having some shocking uh performances in saudi for example getting knocked out in q1 uh to now be at this level where we're going hey look at this car he was the quickest on track it's gonna it's gonna encourage him when they're the ones kind of hunting the others down they they can pile on the pressure and and sort of be like yeah we're still there because formula one fan like the teams as much as formula one fans will have that thing in the back of the mind that like mercedes do just seem a little bit inevitable i think we've said that a few times on the on the podcast and how many points they're picking up when their car isn't on it is just crazy um yeah the the, the one thing i would it's it's hard to like maybe criticize him but we we do know that he does wear his heart on his sleeve is the fact that like Hamilton is is very like oh um you know uh what is it like we win and lose together and all this kind of stuff and then obviously he had the the problem at the start and he was like guys come on retire 
Uh, and he did that, I think, at Germany as well. He did, um, but yeah, he is one of the that. yeah he is one of those drivers that wears his heart on his sleeve um, on the team radio. Um, but it was a shame to see him sort of just want to give up immediately. Um, but but sometimes you can say that that actually fuels him, uh, and that is probably why may, maybe like a bit of anger and frustration in him uh, made him like pull out that performance because it was an amazing drive. And uh, yeah, it's such a shame that that collision because I've seen a, I don't know if you've seen this video doing the rounds, but there's a, a video where it's onboard Mick Schumacher uh, and you can see the the front facing and there's, I mean, F1 Twitter going to F1 Twitter, but they're trying to, trying to say that like, oh, does Lewis move over slightly? I think it is just the epitome of a like racing incident. If anything, I think Magnussen was probably a bit to like not leaving enough room when he went for the yeah, move. I think Magnuson but, was more to blame. Yeah, but but racing like turn on racing incident, turn turn one, lap one. Turn, turn, and yeah, um, yeah it, it's a shame because it would have been great to see how that played out. Yeah, that, that particular incident, as you say, F1 Twitter gonna gonna F1 Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, naturally Hamilton is gonna move over slightly. He's coming up to a right-hander and he's not expecting Magnussen to try and loop it all the way around the outside. So I can understand why he's moved a tiny bit to the left. But in my opinion, it just seemed like Magnussen turned in a bit too aggressively and tried something quite audacious on lap one where he's always gonna run out of room on the left. There's gonna be some kind of natural understeer uh, from Hamilton. So yeah, it was it was quite, considering Haas had such a good start as well, why are you trying to go around the outside of Hamilton on that at lap one turn four? I, I just don't see it. You know, you're sitting in what sixth and seventh or whatever it was, seventh and eighth. Uh, and it just went, I think it was sixth and seventh because Mick ended up sixth, didn't he? Uh, oh no, that's because Hamilton dropped down. So it would have been seventh and eighth and you're, you're flying, but yeah, maybe it was just a, a bit too, bit too aggressive on that one. No, there was so much potential for Haas this weekend. So I'm really annoyed for them that they've kind of, flush that down the toilet but um yeah in terms of Hamilton yeah he should be hugely encouraged by this as you say we saw a complete change to his personality this weekend he's a lot more upbeat um and all that kind of stuff and you said you know he wears his heart on his sleeves but he was able to move up the grid which is much better than what we saw in Imola so um I did have thoughts at the beginning when he was like oh let's retire the car thinking oh my goodness is Lewis picturing like another Imola 2.0 situation where he gets stuck behind Gasly for the whole race and you know what a massive deal people made out of that so I'm pleased to see that he was able to find that fuel from somewhere and power through the pack um, and yet any kind of performance upgrade should be positive for Mercedes because they need these little wins. They need that morale boost. You know, every weekend we've had so far apart from this weekend, pretty much is the press saying, what's wrong with Mercedes? You know, why are they so bad? Why, why, why? But the reality is it might not look great on paper, whether that's Hamilton further down and Russell up ahead and people sensationalizing that and making it into all these headlines. But you know, George Russell is still the only driver to have received, well, a top five finish in every single race. Um, and Mercedes, I think, are still the only team that have been able to have both cars finish all races. So their stats, which are hugely important, that are kind of just being like added to race by race or under the radar a little bit. Um, but I, yeah, I'm just glad to see another team up the front adding to the drama that hopefully this season will keep on building on. Absolutely. 
Now, before we continue on yeah, this Mercedes words. chat, I just want to mention Silverstone's coming up very soon and the WTF1 Clubhouse. And we are, of course, doing that amazing camping experience, which uh, I need to mention right now. We've got uh, very limited spaces. Uh, the booking is actually closing soon. Uh, and that our glamping tent options, I know that'll probably be what you go for, Tommy, uh, are very limited now. So if you want uh, to come do some camping, we've got amazing stuff. We've got simulators, we've got food, we've got bar, we've got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And it's much bigger than it was last year. And last year was amazing. Uh, then go and check out WTF1.com forward slash clubhouse. And you can come camp with us, chat with us, all that good stuff. If you want to, if you don't want to chat with us, that's also fine. I understand. Uh, so yeah, Jenga instead. Yeah, Jenga, Cornhole. Oh, Jenga. Uh, all sorts yes, of stuff. Cornhole. Uh, anyway, moving swiftly on to another question. Uh, John Ludlow, UK. Was the Russell Verstappen battle a sign that DRS doesn't always make the race more exciting? Uh, I've, I'm not sure that's a fair thing to judge about DRS there, John, just purely because it was more like a malfunctioning DRS made it more exciting as opposed to no DRS. Cause the only times Verstappen got close was when his DRS worked. It wasn't when his DRS didn't work that he got to run and try to move. So I think it just more clarified that we do need DRS in order to get good battles. Uh, Cause even Verstappen in a quicker car couldn't get anywhere near down towards turn one without DRS working. I mean, it was great fun to watch. As a fan, like it was quite early on, so it wasn't like, you know, going to be something that's decided in the last few laps. But, you know, seeing, is it going to work? Isn't it going to work? Almost a little bit pantomime to be like, is he going to get DRS? Is it not going to work? And fair play to the F1 TV direction. We'll go into it later for having the shot of Verstappen on board, George in front, and then within the halo, like embedding the rear view camera so we could see if it's working if it isn't um and then you know adding the radio comms in there all really built up to this big momentous thing like will the drs work but yeah i think it was quite an exceptional circumstance it's not really something that everyone can replicate going forward to be like we're gonna pick six random people and their drs might or might not work this race so you know blah blah because blah, then that really would just read become... that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah don't give my ideas katie <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> um but yeah, it must only made for an exciting thing. And oh my goodness, the battle with Verstappen and Russell, oh, that was just so good. I'm literally, even thinking about it now, I get really happy because that was amazing racing between the two. And I hope that we can see more of it if Mercedes do get their bleep together, then that is another series of battles that is going to be great to watch because as much as I love watching Max and Charles fight or Max and Carlos or Carlos and Checo, uh, Carlos and Checo. <laughs> oh wait, no, that is the, I think I was getting confused. <sighs> Breathe, Tell girl. it's uh, Breathe. Monday after right. race week. <laughs> yeah, honestly, week. I'm knackered. Oh, um, but yeah, I'm, I can't remember my point, but woo, yay, DRS wasn't working. Yeah. Every... I need to lie down. <laughs> <laughs> you got to lie down. Uh, every, every incident, is different really with DRS and it it changes all the time because I think there is something to be said about overtaking not being too easy because that's when you saw the likes of you know Ocon winning a race or or um or stuff like that because you know if Verstappen had working DRS we wouldn't have had that battle he would have probably breezed past quite quickly and it did feel like 
um, maybe this is just me as a, a Verstappen fan watching it, but it did feel like every time Verstappen got closest was when the DRS failed um, out of that that chicane. But um, George Russell's defending was was amazing. Um, the the move that he made, I did not see that coming. The move he made back around the outside was sensational. Um, it was absolutely brilliant, and it was it was such a good level of like hard racing, but fair. Uh, and I thought that was awesome, but that's the thing. DRS, we have this conversation with DRS about everything where it's just the nature of DRS that sometimes you will get a slam dunk overtake that's really boring. And then sometimes, you know, if there's no DRS, if there was no DRS that race, it probably would have been boring and no one could get past, but sometimes it will create what they call it like a motorway pass where it's just you just breeze past and you're not even in the braking zone but then sometimes you do get those moments where it is you know just about perfect every incident is different and they can i don't think they can ever get drs perfect because every car's got different straight line speed every car's got you never know who's going to be in front or whatever so uh, from that side i think the only thing we can take from it is what you said matt in terms of I think they do need DRS to actually pass still. It, they st- still do rely on it quite a fair bit. They do. And and to be honest, I thought DRS was almost in that perfect window this weekend. Uh, there were so many times where they were sort of side by side. And as you say, there's so many variables. You can't make sure that they're side by side into the braking zone every single time. It just doesn't work like that. There's Alonso's pass on Vettel. Oh, that was wonderful. Yeah. The little, switch, the little switch back. Switcheroo. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, that was good stuff. But yeah, I think just in overall, I thought it was actually quite good, DRS, this weekend, uh, personally. Um, so next question. Team WTF1 member at Joran P. What did you think of the TV coverage today? I personally think they did a great job and it should be acknowledged. It's probably an easier event because of the familiarity of the track by now and the fact it doesn't have the most action, but still feels like an immense step compared to last weekend. Yeah, I thought the TV coverage was really, really good. Um, there was a few times. Uh, one moment in particular that I mentioned in that special reactions was I think we just sat with signs when Russell was passing Bottas for P3. It was just like, hello. We can can see it's two tenths. Hello. No, we're just watching signs tool around on the zone. So there were a few like, oh. But overall, you know, it was much, much better. A lot of the action was captured. Um, as, as Katie, you say, I, I really liked the way they had the, the picture of the, the rear wing when you were on board with Max to see it. But I don't think they showed that every time. And a lot of the time, well, not a lot of the time, but some of the times they'd go on board with him and you wouldn't show, show that. And then you don't know if the DRS was open. And then it was a bit like, oh, has he got his DRS open? Oh, he's closing really quickly. Yes, he is. Uh, so I, I didn't mind that so much. It was a bit suspenseful. Oh, is it, is it, is it going to work? Is it working? Don't know, but he's closing in. Uh, but overall, much, much better. Uh, so I'm really glad they've taken on board all of our points about no crowd shots. I'm on mute. I'm on mute. I wouldn't hold my... Maybe I'm being too pessimistic, but I wouldn't hold my yeah, breath because um, there wasn't a battle for the... There wasn't a battle for the lead. And, you know, we said after... I, I feel like well, this happened... Can, technically, when Leclerc was out the race... Well, actually, when they did... Uh, when Max did get DRS on... Well, sorry, had the move to overtake Perez, and then I don't think he got DRS, so he couldn't pass him, and that's when Checo let him through. And the next corner, we had a great shot where they tried to show the reflection instead of the main straight. 
uh, with the crowd and it didn't really oh, work. So you couldn't see what. One. Let them have one. You know, yeah. they've got to hit the no, quota. Exactly. Generally speaking, it was better, wasn't it? Okay, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'm going to just wait until we get another battle for the lead and see if we get constant Monaco. crowd shots of like Red Bull fans cheering and stuff. Um, it's hard to know. But uh, one thing that was new was the drone shots, which were quite amusing because they just... I don't want to like have a go at them for trying new things because, <laughs> at least you, you know, tried. at least you tried. Yeah, but I don't think that really added much personally. And it is quite... It would be quite cool if they could go on. You could tell they weren't allowed o- over the cars. Mm. And then obviously uh, you see a lot of B-roll, don't you? I think it's Alpha Tari did a great one at Imola where it's right on top of the cars. And that's the really cool shot. But when like 70% of it is like the the rally cross track um, and you just mm. see the, the t- and you can't really see the cars are like little dots. It's like, is this really adding much more to a helicopter cam? I like them trying it. They, they need to try all these things and get better at it, but. Um, we'll see. Yeah, but drone shots made me feel nauseous. I felt like I was on a roller coaster. I don't know who's controlling it, but it was just like, mm, mm. like you couldn't sit still. And drone footage. God, the things you guys make me do. Uh, so we've seen it in like Race of Champions, World Rally Championship that drones have been used and they can be done so well. And I really, like you said, I love F1 for trying, but it just wasn't it this weekend. But hey, you live and you learn, you make your mistakes. And then hopefully, I mean, I don't know if we'll be able to fly a drone around Monaco because there's quite a lot of buildings there. You'd probably be like, oh, I've gone through someone's apartment. Shoot. But um, hopefully we can, right, they can the try again. No, that'd be quite nice. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Over the harbour. See, zoom in some parties and Kimi Räikkönen on a yacht somewhere, maybe. Um, but yeah, much better TV direction this weekend, aside from the drones. Still, I still want them to get rid of the shots that are filmed within the grandstands because you're just seeing the back of people's heads and it's just not, <laughs> it's just annoying because all you get is sky and people in caps and you can't actually see the racing. And it's so infuriating. But apart from that, really good. Lots of little... Um, boxes i think there was one of alonso when he was overtaking potentially vettel and they had with the timing screens it dropped down and show a little mini shot brilliant well done drsing was great so <laughs> generally so i feel like both of you <laughs> oh, have like, both of you have I got to like this it. point that the tv direction was better and then you've almost convinced yourself that it wasn't by being like there was a lot of crowd shots <laughs> and then sometimes they didn't show the drs and the drone was pretty terrible and <laughs> yeah, I didn't even speak about the drone. It was awful. Um, but yeah, it was a step forward we'll from it being bad. But then we're going to Monaco with its own TV direction company. So good luck with that one. Uh, so they haven't Lunch changed that. It's going to be it's the same I in the house. The same people. Yeah. So get ready for that, everybody. Don't blame Sky Sports because it's got nothing to do with them. What they show. Uh, in Monaco or any of the races for that matter it's all done by F1 uh, in yeah, summer you can well. blame blame them for just being asleep during Charles Leclerc's failure don't <laughs> don't oh uh, my days I don't I don't normally Why like to I don't I... normally like to sort of criticize commentary and stuff but um yeah, yeah that reaction cool. was very weird for for what could could be you know almost like championship deciding moment uh, and think, they were just yeah. not really reacting. It was very. It was strange. just a case of seeing the Ferrari. Brundle was talking at the time, wasn't he? And then he's seen the Ferrari. Can't quite tell who it is, even though it's quite clearly displayed 16 on the front. 
and just goes, oh, I believe that. I believe that's a Ferrari. And but, uh, they couldn't that. fathom oh. it, could they? They didn't. It's just going, it's going quite slowly. To I be thought fair, I was watching practice. it cut to a very weird angle and you couldn't quite gauge the speed, but then you saw a Haas go by and you were like, well... Oh, no. We gauged the right, speed, guys. Katie. It, he was going yeah. Matt was already crying. I was literally <laughs> yeah. crying the second it came up. I was like, oh, you don't want to hear the expletives that I said. Um, but, yeah. It, yeah, it was poor. Because not, even when it was found out, it wasn't really much of it. Until he was going in the pit lane, that's when Crofty was like, oh, God, no, this is big. This is big. Oh, we should probably... Turn it up to 11. And then that's when it, you know, that was kind of what we needed a bit earlier. Because those those moments are so dramatic. Even if it's my favourite driver going out, I want them to start screaming about it because it's unfair. Anyway, moving on. Next question. Uh, TV direction, done. Boom. Team WTF1 member Connor. Is Daniel Ricciardo washed? He was comfortably beaten by his teammate again who had tonsillitis. I love Danny Rick, but maybe it's time to go. Wow. Connor. You've not held back there. Um, yeah, I love how washed is just like a very blanket statement now for a driver not doing very well. Uh, could just be clean. Uh, but yeah, of course, Lando with his tonsillitis, of course, you know, it's uh, he was struggling this weekend. Um, and Danny Rick was just nowhere. McLaren put a savage tweet out accidentally, which they then deleted, which was quite funny, about let's play a game of where's Danny Rick in the middle of the race, put P8 Lando and then P13 Danny Rick, and then people just replied going out of the points when the whole thing was trying to spot where he was in the picture. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, unintentionally savage, wasn't it? But, yeah, Danny Rick, I don't even know. I don't know what went on in this race. He was just nowhere. What happened? Do we know? He said he had no grip. Oh, good. I mean, that that was pretty much it. But like listening to him, he did a video on the McLaren social afterwards. He looked ready to cry. I mean, oh. it was not good. I mean, this Sunday as a Danny Rick fan was especially hard to watch. I'll say that much. But, you know, he, he's been beaten by his teammate who was really ill. Like he missed all of the pre-race hype and build up missed the national anthem, all this kind of stuff because he was with the team doctor, basically like holding his eyes into a wet flannel because they were stinging so much. Apparently people were saying when he was getting into the car, he was like shaking because he was just felt so sick and ill through this tonsillitis. McLaren still say that he was given the all clear to race before people are like, this sounds like, you know, not very <laughs> good on McLaren's side. Apparently he wanted a race and he was fit to race. So he did. And he did a brilliant job. But yeah, that's it's pretty embarrassing when you consider what Lando achieved with tonsillitis, really not very well. Danny Rick, perfectly good health. Maybe he's just not vibing with the upgrades that they bought here. I don't know, but it is embarrassing and he knows it. Um, I would say Monaco could be good. You know, he says, I'll run these streets. That was on the back of his helmet one year, but then you look at last year and he literally got lapped by Lando. So I'm just stressing. As a Danny Rick fan, it's not a good time right now. <laughs> I'm running out of excuses for him, really. And I think he is himself. You know, you last year, it was you, the whole, the thing, the whole year last year, you were saying, like, oh, well, you know, Lando's been in that car a while. Um, there wasn't too much of a regulation change. So he's been in the car for quite a while. Uh, Ricardo's come in and not, not delivered, really, other than obviously his win at Monza. And then I think we probably, probably even said it, don't quote me on it, but I'm sure we did saying, you know, he doesn't have an excuse this year. He needs to be minimum on the pace with Lando. And again, he's sort of 
not there and um it must it must hurt because he moved away from red bull to you could say understandably because he wanted to get away from them being team max and he's now sort of gone into mclaren who are very much team lando and uh he's just can't get can't get near him and yeah i i genuinely don't know whether he'll stay next year with them where will he go that's the next question that's the thing will it be retirement i mean he has been in f1 quite a long time he was was that the race that he became the you're on mute katie good good thank good you he, <laughs> yeah he beat mark Webber's record this weekend yeah. for the most race starts from an australian that was a really bad accent i'm sorry no, it was actually decent um Cool. Right. Well, poor, poor Danny Rick. Uh, 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 yeah. I, I, it's because I love him so much. I'll be honest. This is, I love him so much that I just can't, I can't go in on him. I, I, I genuinely <laughs> such a wonderful human being. Obviously I go in on him enough, but like, I can't take him to the cleaners because, uh, well, he's washed. Well, apparently so. he's already washed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is. He is definitely. It's just sad. It's just like, come on. Almost lad. washed. Yeah. Yeah. Please. He's dipped please. his toe in the bath Dirty. and he's nearly, nearly <laughs> fully washed. Yeah dirty (laughs) right moving on what a strange uh minute that was uh it's time for abc f1 and tommy has some jingles now we put a vote out to the team wtf1 members watching live right now uh to vote which one we should listen to next because we did listen to one last time and it was incredible we now have another one what is the top vote it is drum and bass drum and bass a, B, C, D, E, F, one jingle. Yeah. So this is from, it is from Paul of Creation. He said, hey, Katie, Matt and Tommy, I created a jingle for A, B, C, D, F, one. Hope you love it. Thank you for being such an awesome trio. Forza, W, T, F, one. Cheers, Paul. Cheers, Paul. And here is his drum love and you, bass. Paul. A, B, C, D, F, one. Go on, then. Try that again because it like muted. Oh, oh is it trying to mute itself? Hang it was, on. I think it was a bit too loud on the old phone. Maybe okay. turn it down a little bit and then uh, okay. try again. That was. Was my voice in there? Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's Matt going A, B, C, D, oh, F, wow. one. Okay, well, that is certainly different. Thank you so much. Wow. Paul, Thanks, Paul. Very good. Was, I like it. Uh, yeah, of course, Tommy does. He's an absolute raver. Um, right. <laughs> Get your glow sticks out. Yeah, here we go then. Let's dive into ABCDF1. Thank you, Paul, for the jingle. Let's start with Lewis Hamilton, a star. Yeah, why not? Um, oh. Did get beaten by Russell in quali, but his race was so good. So yeah. God, you're a bit, you're a bit grumpy, don't you, Tommy? You just you're not. I <laughs> know. Uh, I just don't give out the A stars like everyone. Else I don't do give I? an A star out that easily. Okay, go on then. A okay, star. thanks, mate. Appreciate British it. Bias. <laughs> British bias. <laughs> uh, and uh, okay, it's so A star from us. A star from the fans. Uh, George Russell. Um, A. See, this is why it's difficult. Mm. Because Russell did beat Hamilton in qualifying and then in the race, but obviously Hamilton was very quick in the race. It's okay, Tommy. It's all right if you want to give it to mm. But I just, I, I feel like Hamilton showed that there was more pace in that car potentially. And that's why I can't give him an A star. I'm changing Hamilton to an A and I'm giving Russell an A as well. 
doesn't matter. We both gave no stars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I see your point about the difference of pace between Hamilton and Russell. But mm, Russell was the one that was up the front. But yeah, I'll go with an A because I think there's more potential in that car and he can do better. So when he gets an A star, it's going to mean it. He's going to mean it. Let's, let's <laughs> not forget, it. it was a great result. An A is still a great Oh, yeah, result. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, uh, so we gave an A and the fans gave an A as well. Max Verstappen. A. Uh, a, definitely. Not an A star. No. No, 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 not an A star. Well, were you, are you, oh, you're going B. Are you going to go for the first ever B victory? I, I don't think we've ever given a B out for a victory. Well... <laughs> I think by the fact that he messed up at turn four, lost the places, then sort of managed to fit himself into a, th- into a three stop. <laughs> no, I don't. But, he, but he's got to admit, he, he put himself into a three stop because of the mistake that he made, which actually turned out to be a decent strategy. I'll go with an A because I don't want to get accused of being a hater oh, no, or a bias. Be, be a but hater. No, no, I don't think he still won, didn't he? So it's not exactly a bad weekend, but I think he's going to cry if you give him a B. Yeah, he will. He'll be like, oh, I've got the championship lead. I won the race, but the author <laughs> gave me a B and I'm just not happy about it. Right, I'll give him, I'll give him an A. Okay, can we move <laughs> an on? A from the and an A from the fans. Uh, Sergio Perez. A. <laughs> a. Yeah, I was waiting for K to say star. I've got an A as well. Good, good race from him. I'll go A star because I'm biased. Haha. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. <laughs> you actually Checo's well known phrase, hashtag blessed. Are you committed <laughs> to the A star? <laughs> what more could he have done? He got mugged off letting it max through twice and he got mugged off he by the strategy. Russell. Well, if they let him through first without letting Max have a thousand goes, and maybe he could have. So I'm going to go A star, but I know that's going to be unpopular, but I don't care. Okay, Katie, really on her savage life uh, this week. Love it. Uh, Perez gets an A from us and an A from the fans. Charles Leclerc. A star. I mean, what more could he have done? A star. Mm. Poor bloke. Yeah, the A star. The fans gave him an A. And, and another The fans and gave him an A. Wow. Excuse me. Have a word with yourselves. Uh, Carlos Did Sainz. he break the car himself? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? He may have, he may have blown it out of himself. Um, Carlos Sainz. Ooh, it's a very D. low C. D. Tommy just honestly. D. Absolute hater. Uh, yep. D from you as well, Katie. Yeah. Messed yeah. up the start. Went off at turn four. Damaged the car, but then kind of karma for going off the track so wow know. honestly this is it this abcd of one i'm gonna get so cancelled after this i can't wait well, let's all get cancelled let's just go for it. why not all right just uh, give our actual a opinions. triple star then for leclerc for me uh, okay <laughs> carlos uh, gets a d from us and a c from the fans lando norris see that i'm yeah this is this is almost a star performance in my opinion mm, okay. driving around uh and, and people going like, oh it's only tonsillitis it's like fam if you have you ever had tonsillitis? <laughs> like, I said, I thought he looked like beep uh, in the press conference. You know, there are words out there that don't have to get. Like, he looked like or trash. terrible. Yeah, I, when I was watching <laughs> the press conference, I I didn't know about about it first, and I saw him in the press conference. And was like, oh my god, London looks terrible. Like, really ill, <laughs> and um, yeah. 
It's an A. Yeah, okay. Well, a, I just... Like only Leclerc gets an A star from me because I'm such a Leclerc fanboy, so... You okay. are. <laughs> I'm going to go for A star for Norris. Okay. Because I'm spreading the love. Fair. Uh, so an A from us and an A from the fans. I was close to an A star, but not quite. Uh, Daniel Ricardo, D. D. Yeah, D. Okay, and the fans gave him a C. Mm. Fernando Alonso. He obviously started from the back. Got to P9. A. A. Yeah, I think it's an A. Well done, done. Fernando. Great drive. A. Alpine need to start not having a Marin qualifying because that car does look quite quick. They always seem to be at the back and then... Because didn't Ocon do a last to points drive? Was it in Miami? So, yeah. yeah. And Alonso so, yeah, did, did it this race. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, yeah, Ocon binned it, didn't he? And he did, they couldn't get the car ready in time. Um, yes. So, yeah, okay. A for Alonso and an A from the fans. Uh, Esteban Ocon finished P7. Uh, I think that's a B. I've got an A. Yeah, I think okay. an A in that car, okay. I think, okay. is decent. Okay. Fine. Okay. A from us then, and a B from the fans. Uh, Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly. What's going on with Pierre at the moment? What's happening? Yeah, I know, right? Washed. Tornado's the goat. (laughs) Literally. Gasly washed. Yeah. Gasly finished 13th. Sonoda finished 10th. That's a a D from from me, for Gasly. Yeah. I don't... uh... The Alpha Tari isn't very good, and I don't know if it's because you expect more from Gasly, but yeah, I think it'd be as well. Yeah, he's normally like the man when it comes to races, like we saw yesterday, where there are offs and retirements up front. He's normally the one that can really make the most of it, but that was proper disappointing yesterday. So I'm going to go with a C. Okay. Wow, after all that, consistent with, <laughs> well, I'm trying to think what we've given him previously because it's this isn't the first time he's had a rubbish result. It's just because it snowed to beat him quite quite easily. So that was that was what, and actually, wait, no, it will be a D because he then got penalized for the stroll incident. That was yeah, silly. So it's a D round. So yeah, we got D. another two penalty points. D for Gasly and a C from the fans. Uh, Yuki Sonoda. I'm gonna go with a B. 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 One point yeah. for Yuki. Love it. Love to see it. Uh, okay, a B from us and a B from the fans. Sebastian Vettel in the Green Bull, finishing 11th. Didn't really see much of him, did we? Really? Didn't see a huge amount. I'm going to go with a C. I cannot decide between B and C, so I'm going to go for a... B, C. C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go for a C. I'll reserve the B grades for when he's like on the, just in the points. points yeah. Uh, but yeah. So a C from us and a B from the fans. Large Stroll, of course, had that little, little whoops-a-daisy with, with Gasly. C, just finished 15th. I mean, what? Oh. Can I give Stroll Maybe the same as... Yeah, I can't give the Stroll the same as... Yeah, oh, yeah, if he's 50. No, yeah, Vettel gives it. So, yeah, yeah, D for D. Stroll. 
Yeah. Even though it wasn't his fault. I will just just for the record say, obviously, <laughs> I have been quite critical of these incidents where he turns in on people. That 100% wasn't his fault. No. The, the Gasly one, so. But it wasn't quick, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it D. D from us, C from the fans. Nicholas Latifi, the GOAT, beat Alex Albon after Alex had a problematic race, didn't he? Uh, saw an unbelievable little move from the TV into turn one on uh, Kevin Magnussen, which uh, I, I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, the uh, TV, <laughs> I'm going to just, um, I mean, the Williams were nowhere this weekend. There was no hope. C. Yeah. Why not? Give him, a, give him a good result sometimes, haven't we? So, yeah, let's give him a C. C from us, C from the fans. Alex Albon, I mean, just had a, what was wrong with his car? What did Floor he... damage. Floor Every, damage. Everything. Everything. Did it four stops uh, in the end or something? Hit a lot. Yeah, he was quite quite far back. Um... Oh, and Alonso. Sorry, Alonso also got mugged off at the end with a pit stop. I know we've literally talked about Alonso ten minutes ago, We're back but to Alonso. I, I just remind. It just reminded me. So <laughs> even more impressive. <laughs> uh, I mean, Alban, if he's had damage, was it his fault? Was this floor damage his fault? Yes, he clipped the marker cone on the inside D. of turn 14. D then. I'm about to sneeze. Bless, Bless you. you. I'll go for a D because he hasn't also dyed his hair red this weekend. So you get deducted points for that. Oh, wow. Savage. That was a joke, by the way. But re-dye your hair for Monaco, please. D. Tommy? D? Cool. Self-inflicted damage gets a, gets a lower grade. Uh, so D from us, C from the fans. Valtteri Bottas, what a drive again. P6, that's an A for me. Made 50 grand for charity by selling pictures of his bum. Gets an A, <laughs> regardless of the driving. <laughs> what was that look, Tommy? What did you just... Oh, there's a car alarm going off outside. Um... <laughs> you looked so judgmental. It's hilarious. You just went... I was like, excuse me, I'm doing a like, WTF one podcast. Can you turn what your What is car it today? Off? We've had chainsaws, car alarms. Matt, you're, you're next. Yeah. Oh, Sophie's actually just opening the door now, so you might be able to hear her close it. There you go. <laughs> Noises from everyone. Um, uh, okay. Bottas, a, I'm, yeah. I almost want to give him an A-star because I don't know if he could have done anything more, but then I feel like A-star needs to be saved for like if he gets yeah. a podium in an alpha, so Fantastic. A. But Bottas is one of the drivers of the season so far. Just mm-hmm. he, he's just he's literally the he's just there as best of the rest always. Uh, it's awesome. He is the gas. Love to see him. He is actually, yeah. Yeah. So we're going with an A. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and an A from the us and A from the us. A from A from us and A from the fans. Jokwan Yu had his car break again. How much bad luck does this guy want to have? Yeah. No. Um, qualifying was dreadful, wasn't it? P15 uh, for Zhou Guan Yu. Uh, just gonna give him a C, be done with it. Yeah, C. Everyone, I, I feel like everyone's either A or C or D, like almost. <laughs> it's, it's either like, I feel like there's a lot of, yeah, you did really well, or oh, you just did a bit rubbish. <laughs> it's not really that middle ground, this race. Yeah, maybe yeah, I'm just see. feeling savage. Yeah, Tommy, I love savage, Tommy. You can tell <laughs> yeah. you can tell he's had uh, less sleep uh, with yes. the race in town. He's just like, E, rubbish, get out of my sight. And uh, I want more of it. I want more of it. Uh, so yeah, Joe, we're going to give a C and he also gets a C from the fans. Kevin Magnuson went for the move, ruined his entire race. D. Wait, yeah, D. 
<laughs> yeah, D. I think it's yeah. more on him that that crash window, a racing mm. incident. Yeah, yeah. But it's unfortunate and unlucky a little bit, but it's his fault. So D. Yeah, happy. Bit, of a, bit of an old K, like the old K Mag, uh, creeping in where, yeah, just needs mm-hmm. to like give give a, himself a little bit more room and think about picking up points rather than going. Like what I said earlier, really, hardcore. they both had great, like decent starts, didn't they? Yeah. So just just carry on with that. Um, okay, so D from us and a D from the fans. Mick Schumacher was running in the points, but then his tyres just fell off a cliff and Haas just didn't really utilise probably the best strategy uh, round Spain. It's going to be a C. Yeah. Yeah, C. This George Russell no points thing is continuing, isn't it? Mm. This uh, with Mick. Yeah, sad It'll times. Come. Uh, C from us, C from the fans. Let's go to the Spain predictions where we scored a lot of points this week. Uh, Stroll out qualifies Vettel. We are. Stroll out qualifies Vettel. Nope. That's mine. And the other one was Mick Schumacher scores points, which was on the cards. Half of... No, I'm joking. No points. No points. Just like Mick. Uh, Katie. Mine was Williams Q2 appearance, which is very funny because they were both last. And then Hamilton will finish ahead of Russell. What could have been, eh? But no. And Tommy, what were your two great predictions? Uh, I've gone for science gets pole um, and stroll in the points. Clean sweep. Amazing. <laughs> zero, a big fat zero. We're so good at these. And the three predictions, Sam Shu 24, Zhou Guan Yu, Q3 in points. Nope. Robin's no. formula, both Aston Martins in the points. Nope. King Morpheus, Leclerc and Verstappen have the first coming together, causing at least one to DNF. No. Uh, one you should have just said Verstappen or Leclerc DNF. Yeah, then he would have then they would have got it. But there you go. Monaco predictions. Here comes mine. Leclerc breaks the Monaco curse. Until Matt breaks his <laughs> Yeah, got it. And signs another mistake. Slash bad. Oh. Slash bad weekend. Keeping the good vibes going, I see. It's not, it's not. I just feel like it's, as I said earlier, snowballing a little bit. And unless he really presses the brakes, quite literally, uh, he's uh, in a problem. It's quite similar to um, when, you know, when Verstappen was like crashing and uh, was it 2018 where he just crashed in like loads and loads of races in a row? The last place you want to go to your next race is Monaco to be the one where you kind of don't want to have an incident, which is quite worrying for for science but you never know you never know katie what's yours mine is five or more dnfs and then hamilton versus the fia because his two exemptions for his jewelry is over so it's going to be very interesting to see what he does with his we, nose ring and other what's the piercings penalty? what's the penalty after the exemptions well fine. i think the f i'm not sure because be if it's a fine, if it's a oh, fine, no, he'll anyway. be like, it's fine. Exactly. Oh, but, it's hey, fine. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, are we judging? How are we judging Hamilton versus the FIA? Are they going to have like a boxing match or <laughs> with jewellery on? Okay. Okay. Thanks. And Tommy, what's yours? To be fair, I've... I was maybe going to go for your first one, but then I decided against it. Yeah, I've gone for a Mercedes win and Ricardo. Out in Q1. Wow, we really are going for the vibes, aren't we? We really are going for those positive vibes. Uh, okay, and the fans are Bolton 7. Latifi brings out the safety car after ending his race in the barrier. 
Oh, you just, we don't write these. This We're is just, just the positive vibes. We're know? just the messenger here. Quadrocus, Vettel Podium. Woo, um, that would be former, great. Formula One Wimbo, pole sitter wins the race. Oh, let's just give a point now then, shall we? It doesn't happen a lot in Monaco, too, fair. That's crazy. Okay, yeah, well, I mean, look at last year. <laughs> oh, dear. Emotional damage. Honestly, you two. Getting, getting <laughs> Sorry, it's the boots. one joke I have. Okay. Oh, dearie me! I can't even. Break break. He's going to break the. He's going to break the curse. Yeah, I'm going to break. The break will break something. <laughs> anyway, right there you go, Tommy. Final thoughts. Um, shout out to wonderful Grace for continuing to just be uh, Max undefeated since she was born and wearing her onesie. And then popped her in a Leeds onesie afterwards and Leeds scored a last-minute winner and stayed uh, up in the Premier League. So she is just a miracle child. And she will be wearing... Uh, she, she'll hopefully fit in that uh, onesie again. <laughs> or I do wonder if I should just, like... I, I, however much I'm a Verstappen fan, I don't want the titles to be boring. So maybe, maybe we'll skip Monaco to make it exciting. Oh, my God. I'll take Imagine. one for the team for everyone. <laughs> See if it works. Yeah, yeah. It was quite. It was quite. Um, quite extreme that she wore that, and uh, we. My wife was like, "Well, a lot of people actually messaged me and were like, oh, 'Oh, you're gonna have to get a Leeds one for, for them because they were basically relegated.' And um, yeah, we couldn't find one, so my wife actually stitched one together <laughs> during the race, <laughs> and then we put it on. And miracle of miracles! So, good wow, times. look at you go. Can I can maybe maybe you should get a one that's got the lottery numbers on or something? Yeah, we said that it's going to have to be yeah. a thing, isn't it? That'd be quite that'd be quite good. Uh, Katie, what's your final thoughts? Points. Let's see points. points on a one. The, the powers can only go so far. <laughs> oh, savage! Uh, my final thought is one uh, to do with Ferrari and their power units because not many people have talked about the fact that in the race, both Charles and Joe Ferrari power cars both had these issues so i'll be very interested interested i can't get my words out to see um what the actual diagnosis for both of those was if it was similar but yeah maybe going forward that could be something to yeah leclerc about. might have had two of his three already or something even though, and mm. i read that verstappen's still on his first so katie Good. read twisting the knife <laughs> With Matt good. today. <laughs> final thought there, Katie. No, I uh, thought that really was a good final thought. It, it was uh, at least related to F1. Normally I just Lovely. go, oh, it's a Monday or something, but at least that was I related to those. F1. I prefer those than twisting okay. a knife, to be honest with you. Bring Sorry. those back. Okay, thank you, Tommy and Katie, I, th- I think, for, for being on this WTF1 podcast. And thank you to Team WTF1 for watching live as always. If you want to join, there is a link in the description. Leave us uh, a review as well of, uh, of this podcast. Thumbs up, five stars. I was actually going through reviews on Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. We can actually leave an actual review. So if you want to leave one, I actually will read out some of your reviews, only the good ones, uh, next time it was on the rubbish. podcast. Well, actually, maybe the one after that, because I'm not here for the next podcast. But a podcast, yeah, I will read out some. Uh, so let us know why you love this podcast, and uh, we will read out some of them. So uh, lots Make of Make our egos even bigger. Yeah. Well, no, I'll only read the ones about Leclerc and, and whatever, but... Uh, you know, this is rigged, but brilliant stuff. Thank you, everybody, uh, for watching and listening. As always, hashtag WTF on podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion. I think that's about everything. Thanks so much. Goodbye. If you want to submit an ABCDF1 jingle, we've now got a new email, which is podcast at WTF1.com. So send anything that way.
Goodbye. Wow, we've got the thumbs in sync. <laughs> Apart from I, K2, I can't who's do probably like two, two minutes fine. Uh, three, two, two, one. Two, one, go. <laughs> <laughs> you went too quick.